Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk. Hope you all guys had a great weekend. You guys will check out some basketball games, hopefully. And I'm going to be getting into some of the games that happened last Friday, July 31st. And then I will be getting into some that happened over the weekend. As well, some of the takeaways that we learned as things have started to happen and you know we're seeing how things are shaping out some teams are looking a little better than others and some are facing some major questions going forward so I'll be addressing all of that and what to expect as we see the games get going more and more in the coming week so with that being said one of the games I want to get into between the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks have been the top team in the league with the best record all season long. And Giannis really didn't miss a beat. Came out very strong against Boston. Kind of having his way early on. Making all the shots that we've custom seen him make. Tough layup inside, driving to the rim, and just really powering and taking advantage of Boston's inability to just stop him. Celtics don't really have guys that can really match up well against him, other than Jason Tatum and and Marcus Smart, who are their best defenders on the team. The Bucks won the game 119 to 112. Giannis finished with 36 points, 15 rebounds. You know, you saw a level of excellence from him. He made some key plays in that game down the stretch, which ended up helping them win the game. He had a crucial three-point play, which kind of put the game away late. The Bucks shot 46% from the floor. Boston was 40%. Biggest thing is that even though Giannis was dominating, you know, Boston out-rebounded the Bucks by, you know, a couple, 57-55. One of the major takeaways from this game is that there were some contentious play between Marcus Smart and Giannis where they kind of got into it thought each other should have been called for a foul but that didn't really happen so kind of saw a situation where Giannis did end up getting in some foul trouble and Marcus Smart was saying after the game that the referees didn't want to you know take him out of the game and there was a late play in that game where Giannis went to the basket made like a you know a dribble move that kind of faked out Jason Tatum a little bit and he did like a, like a euro step kind of play but they called the play late they referee instead of calling it you know a charge they ended up calling it a block so there was some it was an overturned call basically they cha- pretty much changed the call saying that it was a blocking foul instead of a charge, which would have been Giannis' sixth foul, and he would have fouled out, which may have impacted Boston's ability to win. But one of the things that I noticed and saw throughout this game, a lot of people probably saw 
Boston did not bring it. And specifically, Jason Tatum did not bring it. He shot 2 of 18. 2 of 18 with 5 points from the floor. That is not how you're going to get it done. Jason Tatum is an exceptional player. He has been really effective all season long. Started to find his touch. And I had said that for Boston to really do well and upset a lot of teams in the East, Jason Tatum has to be the man driving the change. And he did not play well in that game from start to finish. And it showed in the box score in the game. If he had hit some of his shots, maybe Boston would have won this game. But he didn't. And the game was tied at 107. And this call happened, you know, where Giannis drove to the rim. You know, got on the defender. But, you know, the call was changed to a block after a review. So, you know, the game came down to a couple of late plays. And... You know, there's opportunities to win from the Celtics to win that game, but they couldn't they couldn't get it done. There's a lot of physical play between those two, Smart and, and Giannis. They're compared to the highest level. So, you know, it was an entertaining matchup for sure. But Giannis out-hustling everybody on the court, just proving why he is so great and dominant and will win the MVP. Really having his way. But the Celtics really couldn't, th- couldn't stop him. They threw a lot of things at him, but... You know, he just powered his way to a lot of buckets early on. He shot really well from the outside, which, you know, you expect him to do so, but not, you know, not right now in terms of how they're just getting the game started. So, you know, if he can hit his outside shots, which is a key thing for Giannis, then he's pretty much unstoppable. So, good matchup overall. Kemba got, you know, play, and he looked... Looked decent in his, in his action, but the story for this game, the takeaway is that you know Jason Tatum has got to be much better. Got to be much better for the Celtics to have a chance. And you know he did end up playing well in a weekend game yesterday, the day before yesterday, which is an encouraging sign. But. Just talking about that matchup specifically against the, the Milwaukee Bucks and you know Middleton and those guys. And remind you, the Bucks don't have their full team yet. You know they don't have they're missing Patrick Connaughton and Bledsoe. So Milwaukee's got a bunch of pieces that really are going to make things even more challenging for the teams in the East. And I think we saw that on display really well. Friday night. So now I want to transition to the next game, which is really crucial to the Western Conference in the race to the eighth seed, Memphis and Portland. Now, looking at this game, initially, I first thought to myself, I'm like, well, this game for Portland is crucial because they're the ones who are like right there trying to get in there. And I have said before that I do think they'll be Portland and the Pelicans, but the Pelicans have started to make me even more worry. I don't like their chances now, even though I still stand by it, but after two games, it's just not looking like it's going to happen. But the Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies had a great game where the Blazers ended up winning 
140 to 135. Now, as a team, Portland shot better. They were much better from the three-point line than the, the Memphis Grizzlies, who, even though they out-rebounded the Trailblazers, they just did not make enough shots late. Their offense kind of disappeared somewhat down the stretch, you know, with John Moran and Jaron Jackson Jr. Portland's starting five plays extremely well. Nurchik is a huge, huge addition for the Blazers. They did not have him throughout the season, as well as Zach Collins. And what a difference he made for Portland in that game where he just played so well. He scored 18 points. You know, Melo hit some threes late in that game that were really helpful in getting the game to overtime. John Moran had a decent night. Not so good from the floor, but he ended up with 22 points. Had some, you know, notable assists. But, you know, 7 of 22 shooting. And when it came late into the game in overtime, I think they just did not have enough in the tank. Even though he's very competitive and a great player, they just could not find their shots late in time to keep up with Portland. Damian Lillard had 29 points. CJ McCollum was really hot from the floor. 14-21 shooting, 33 points. He balled out. And like I said before, Portland has more experience in terms of they know how to win these type of games. You know, this is their first game. You know, they really showed what they can do with their experience and the roster they have. The amount of talent and experience on that team they're going to be very, very difficult to match up against no matter who plays them. So they won, and it looks like as of this moment, Portland may play Memphis for that eighth seed. Remains to be seen. Pelicans still have a chance, but after what they have shown these first two games, it's not looking so good. So, you know... Things to kind of watch out for as games get going today. We'll, we'll see the Grizzlies and Pelicans face off, you know, on August 3rd night game, I believe. So it should be really, really cool to see what Portland is able to do as they get even more into rhythm with their their team. But Nurchik really stood out. He provides such a great presence in the middle for this team that, you know, they are going to be seriously good against some of the top teams in the West if they get the chance to play, let's say, the Clippers or the Lakers. Portland cannot be slept on, and they show that in the game on Friday night. So that really brings me to the final game that I want to get into that was really a high-scoring affair. And that was between the two, two, you know, Texas teams, Dallas Mavericks and the Houston Rockets. I mean, what a game. The Rockets won 153 to 149. Exceptional performances from Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They led the Rockets to an overtime comeback win against the Mavericks. Harden had 49 points, 14 of 20 shooting. Uh, Hit a lot of free throws in that game as well. Um, Harden does what he always does, makes the tough shots from the outside, driving to the rim, 
layups and all those jump, you know, step back shots. And Westbrook surprisingly played well, you know, giving him the boost that he needed. Convington, you know, made a key three in that game. You know, tipping at late in that game to get to overtime. Westbrook, 31 and 11. And it was just a back and forth game. Dallas had control of this game early on. But, you know, Houston kept coming back, kept on making shots, which they really like to do. They make the shots on the outside. And you saw a level of excellence just from Westbrook and Harden, which, you know, with this kind of environmental situation, you know, the way they get hot, anything can happen. So while Dallas had played well initially in that game, just could not keep it, keep Houston away. And ended up being in a game where you just saw back and forth play, a lot of highlights. Defense was not anywhere in that game. Uh, and it just comes with, you know, getting the offense going and the shots going and, you know, you expect to see both teams kind of improve going forward, hopefully, in their defense, because that's going to be important come the postseason time. Got to be able to get stops, and you need to get stops. You know, Doncic had another triple double 28 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Porzingis played exceptionally well. I had talked about Porzingis having to play much better and being a factor to help. Yeah, to help you know, Luka Doncic, and he did that, you know, ended up with some 39 points, 18 rebounds, now came in a losing effort, but Porzingis looked really good, and that's the key for the Mavericks, is that he has to keep playing well, along with Doncic and Tim Hardaway and Burke and all those guys, they really have to make their shots, and they kind of struggle a little bit late, not getting enough point guard play from... You know, Seth Curry didn't really play well, and some guys just missed some shots in that game, which were, uh, you know, really important. So Dallas looked good; it was a good test for them, but they just could not finish and make the shots late. And it comes down to, you know, individual shots. So while Doncic was doing great, just late in that game, you just did not see enough for the team as a whole. To get them in a position where they could get Doncic easier shots to make, and they could have won that game. So they had led that game. They could not finish that game, which is very important for Dallas to learn, as they are trying to, you know, get themselves ready for a possible first-round match against the Clippers. You know, so both teams were, you know, tied in the first quarter, and then we just saw Dallas kind of put it on. They led 85 to 75, and then Houston really just picked it up over the second half of the game, and, and ended up, you know, making shots late. Harden doing what he does best, drawing free throws and drawing contact, which he can do at any time. So, overall, we got a good game. I mean, I love offense. That's something that I really do enjoy, and seeing that happen was uh, really epic because, you know, we like seeing all games that are back and forth. And yes, defense is important, but that game kind of reminded you of like an all-star exhibition kind of game where, you know, the shots are just going and, you know, sure, you know, 
defensive games are great, but you know we want to see these guys play really well and score points. We haven't seen them play in such a long time, so these two teams' offense was on a full display. Definitely enjoyed that game. There were a lot of great shots made by all teams involved, all players involved. But it just came back to that question at the end. I was thinking like, where's the defense, and is this going to continue? Because you know you can't win all the games with the with the offense, and I think for Dallas, you know, dodging for Zingas really going to have to find their groove on the defensive end where they can really defend shots well because both teams give up a lot of three-pointers in that game a lot of easy buckets so going forward I think you know we'll see some high scores which we, we want to see some high scores but you know we want to see some defense in the game late that that can end up uh, playing well I think Houston got a little bit lucky against Dallas late in that game I think they ran out of gas, to be honest. But, you know, going ahead with these matchups, I think we're going to continue to see a great level of product on the court. Some great games with some good scores. And James Harden and Russell Westbrook, the way they looked, you know, can they be that same way when it gets tight? This was against Dallas, so I'm not really too much, you know, putting in a lot on that game where... I don't know if Houston showed me they're a, a true contender for the NBA title. So when the games get tight and some scoring is not happening, you know, can Houston adjust? Can they make the shots they made in that game late against some of the top teams like the Clippers and the Lakers, the Thunder, Denver even? So, you know, it'll be fascinating to watch how Harden and Westbrook continue to play alongside each other. And if they can really score when the games get tight. So overall, we have some great games, you know, for Friday night. Some early previews of some games that we hopefully we'll see in the postseason. So I'll be getting into some more of the games that took over the weekend. And I'm excited to, look, excited to break down some of the stuff that will be happening this week as we're going to get some even more better matchups that will start to shape out the Western Conference pitcher. And just looking at how basketball has done so far, things have been positive. The NBA's, you know, experiment with the video board and with all the teams kind of doing what they're doing, giving, you know, pumping in the noise and, and getting everyone comfortable with the schedule and the environment. It's a positive sign to see. Looking forward to getting some more of the action that I saw over the weekend and what will be happening in this coming week. So hope you're all doing well. I'll be talking to you all very soon. Hey everyone, I want to continue getting into some of the action we've seen in the past few days. Some really good games, a lot of things to take away from a lot of things to take away from what we saw and what we should expect going forward. Overall, you saw some of the top teams show out some sort of the 
sleeper teams in each conference came up and really played well. So, a lot to get into, and I'll be breaking it down. So, let's talk about the games that happened over the weekend. August 1st, August 2nd. There was some really good action. You saw some games where... You know, Toronto really came on strong. They were very impressive against the Lakers on Saturday night. Kyle Lowry ended up scoring about 30 some points, really shooting well. And as a team, they just showed why they cannot be slept on in the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of things that are still to be determined and factored in as these games get towards the closing stretch but what I saw from the Lakers in that particular game was they didn't have an answer for LeBron or sorry they didn't have an answer when LeBron was out of the game you know when he was out of the game the Lakers had a little tough time getting points up shots up scoring and that's something that could come to bite them later on if they don't address that but, you know, as expected, you don't expect all teams to be fresh and come out the way they are because some teams are playing back-to-back games. Others are just getting very few hours just to get into the game shape and all those kind of things. So things are coming and going, but Toronto just showed with their play in their last two games. They played Miami yesterday in which Van Fleet had a career high of 36 points. And they just showed you that they have a great shot at the title. They're the only team, I think, along with Miami, who have a legit shot to take down the Milwaukee Bucks. It remains to be seen what will happen. But we have to be very uh, mindful of that. I was really impressed by the action that the way Toronto was moving the basketball and and doing things. You could just see that their level of play, their level of style hasn't dropped off since Kawhi Leonard left. And they are going to have a good shot to do a lot of great, great things when the postseason comes. Whichever matchup they draw is going to be really, really difficult for that team, their opponent. So... You know, looking at how Philly is playing a little bit as well. Joel Embiid and Milton have kind of gone through their early little, you know, skirmish they have with each other. And Philadelphia 76ers have also looked good at times. So it remains to be seen what these teams can do as Milwaukee, you know, they're still without Eric Bledsoe and Patrick. Connaughton so there's a lot of things that they're going to have to figure out as they get closer to the postseason some of the other notable games you know you saw that Jason Tatum bounced back with a nice game of 34 points really played really well made a lot of buckets that he's supposed to make encouraging sign after his first game when they he shot 2 of 18 from the floor that was you know not so good but he bounced back Memphis is struggling right now to close games and win games. It's just they're not able to get it done. And this is where experience matters. It has showed up more than one time now. And 
They just lost to the New Orleans Pelicans, who, after not looking so good in the first two games and Zion being limited, he finally played down the stretch of that game. He had about 23 points, seven rebounds. Ingram played well as, as he expected to play well. And so they, the race of the number eight seed is very exciting. Uh, it's coming down to some games where, you know, it's going to really matter. Like the Spurs, I thought they had no shot. And here they are within closing distance along with the Blazers on the eighth seed. Memphis, John Moran has been hot and you know hot and cold throughout all of this. He's played really well. Then he shot really poorly in the game yesterday. And so, you know, how is he gonna bounce back and play going forward? That remains to be seen. The Clippers kind of found their touch over the weekend as well. And just looking at some of the other teams, Phoenix, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton look promising. They've showed some good offensive output in these games. And just looking at Denver having some injuries they're dealing with, with Jamal Murray and other players. Michael Porter Jr. had a breakout game, finally. At 37 points. Nikola Jocic had a nice game as well. They end up winning in overtime against Miami. And Miami, Butler, and Adebayo continue to shine out. So, just looking at the current landscape of the teams, uh, there's a lot of good play going on. Some players are finding it more easier than others to adjust. The Lakers clinched number one seed, which we already knew they were going to clinch number one seed. But now they are, you know, fully in that. So, you know, Anthony Davis, after kind of struggling against Toronto, came back with a nice 40-point game. Close out of Utah with some really good play from all their supporting cast. So, we see these teams getting into shape, having their ability to play well at times. And so... Going forward, some of these matchups that are going to happen are going to be even more better and better. We're going to see a level of dominance, I think, from some teams come the postseason. One of the most interesting things that I saw from this past weekend was the Milwaukee Bucks and the Houston Rockets game. It's a great game overall. Milwaukee ended up losing that game. But what I took away from that game was the Rockets actually showed they can play defense. James Harden actually played defense down the stretch of that game. He played, you know, very, very well late in that game. He, you know, he locked up Giannis, forced him into a tough shot. And Russell Westbrook actually made some free throws, which he's kind of struggled to do late in games at times. And seeing that was a good sign. Seeing that was a very good sign, and I think that we should expect that level of play to continue from the Rockets because they were hitting shots from the outside, James Harden doing James Harden things. So overall, there were some really nice games. We saw back and forth games throughout the weekend. Games got close. Thunder looked good in a losing effort. And we just saw something where more players are getting comfortable with the environment, with the game noise, with the video board stuff. Coaches are finally finding some spots just in their roster. So, 
promising games and I hope that more will get better and better and it'll be a strong finish to the regular season.